Hey, beautiful, and welcome to Finally and Happy, a podcast and community for kick-ass, can-do women living with chronic illness. My name is Shannon Clink, happiness coach and self-care strategist. I share with you my personal journey to joy through chronic illness, bring you some amazing guest speakers, and share tons of happiness hacks and self-care strategies so that you too can live in joy and happiness despite what chronic illness or condition you may be living with day to day. And I am absolutely thrilled that you are here for today's episode because today is a toolbox talk to put one more tool in your self-care, healthcare, wellness, mindset toolbox. As kick-ass, can-do women living with chronic illness, I know you are amazingly resourceful and you know what works best for you, for your health, your heart and spirit, your journey. And in today's episode, you'll pick up a new tool or two to make your journey easier or be reminded of one that you haven't used in a while or maybe hear a fresh take on an oldie but goodie. Whatever it may be, I am so excited to share this collective wisdom from some of my most favorite guests during these toolbox talks. So with no further ado, let's see what's in store for us today. I am so excited to bring you today's interview with the founder and author of the blog, Thriving While Disabled. Allison Hayes is herself a kick-ass can-do woman living with chronic illness, She shares her expertise and experience while giving really practical information and advice. As an individual with Functional Neurological Disorder, or FND, she knows the stigma surrounding both physical and mental illnesses for both visible and invisible illnesses, and so she just has a wealth of knowledge to share. The subjects on our blog include such practical things as overcoming obstacles, dealing with doctors, getting government assistance, strategizing for success, increasing your independence, taking care of yourself, all things that we talk about here in Finally F and Happy. So I can't wait to dive into this episode. But before we do, I always need to give you this friendly reminder that nothing I or any of my guests say on Finally Effing Happy is intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any illnesses. And anything specific to your condition should be addressed to and received from your personal medical team. So with that legalese taken care of, let's dive into today's episode. Tell me a little bit about you. Tell me a little bit about your background and what you do. All right. So uh, my name is Allison Hayes, and, and I uh, run a blog called Thriving Well Disabled. Mm-hmm. And it's all about making your best possible life while living with a disability. And I kind of tend to go into what I have experienced, the problems I've experienced and what I suspect many other people have gone through. Um, I especially focus on kind of the combination of mindset, medical care, and the social welfare programs. So like social security, disability, SSI, um, SNAP benefits, 
all of the different government all important and big ticket issues if you were living with disability for sure exactly and uh -huh. so and it's complicated about right and complicated oh, and when you're dealing with brain fog and the rest of it yeah oh absolutely and also it's the stuff that's kind of either embarrassing or difficult to ask about because you don't even want to admit you need it. Mm. Um, and it's stuff that very often you've never dealt with before in your life and your family's never dealt with. Right. And so very often there aren't people you can really talk to about this stuff. Right. Um, there's also the embarrassment factor. It's embarrassing to have to ask for these kinds of helps. And there's a lot of social judgment around it let alone self-judgment there's a lot of social judgment and there's a lot of self-judgment exactly yeah. and so you know i make no bones about the fact that i've actually been living on ssdi most of my life and i've had times where i've been on most of these programs so you have both personal and professional experience exactly and um I have a functional neurological disorder, FND, mm -hmm. and uh, I've been developing migraines mm -hmm. and I have a lifelong history of uh, anxiety and depression. So you know firsthand how this goes. And my listeners, as I say all the time, you know, anxiety and depression are the number one co-diagnosed with chronic illness. Oh, and absolutely of literature out there in the world, especially in relationship to chronic pain, but I actually find less literature in relationship to just chronic illness in general. Um, but it and is something so many of us live with, fight through, et cetera. Well, and also there's a lot of stigma around mental health issues. And so it's often extra hard as a person with a disability to get mental health supports, especially if you're on Medicaid and um, certain or less expensive insurance plans, mm -hmm. or they're really bad at sharing good information about availability of mental health, as well as they're the programs that tend to pay the least. So you're more likely to get not great supports. Uh, both from the psychiatrist, from psychiatrists and psychologists. It's not a guarantee by any means, but you've got more dubious people to comb through to find a, a, a useful person. So there's, there's a lot of moving parts in all of this. So yeah. when did you start your blog? I started my blog about three years ago. Okay. And my inspiration for it was actually my partner. Okay. Um, he also is now in the chronic category, chronic disabled category. Yeah. Uh, in 2012, he was in a car accident and had a traumatic brain injury from that. I'm so sorry. And yeah. And so I managed all of his medical care because he was not able to do so. Uh, basically, in his case, the brain injury initially uh, impacted his, his balance and coordination and things like that, as well as removing basically all of his emotional self-control. And so he's always been a very, very calm, laid back, relaxed guy. And he would just get incredibly upset and angry and really easily frustrated. And um, it was scary 
uh, for both of us. Like a tough time for sure. Yeah. So what and, were some of the things that really jumped out at you during that time in terms of helping to manage his care that like, ooh, the rest of the world needs to know this? So the 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 big thing in, in that was I felt really fortunate that I um, already had some experience with brain injuries because if I hadn't, um, I don't know if I would have been able to weather the impacts it had on our relationship. I did have times where I wondered if we'd be able to stay together um, because if he had continued to have that lack of emotional self-control, um, it would have been unhealthy to stay in that relationship. Sure, sure. And I think that's a whole nother episode you and I could do about chronic illness and relationship. I mean, holy monkey, that's a whole nother category for sure, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so that was one of the really scary things that on top of trying to help him heal and get the supports he needed, I also was in this state of evaluating, am I staying in this? While also managing your own healthcare, right? Yeah. And I think that that's a piece that is so critical for us because we are doers and we are givers and not from a place, I get a little bit um, tired of the conversation about, you know, oh, give up on your perfectionism and stop being a control freak. It's not about perfectionism mm -hmm. and it's not about being a control freak. Oh, no, no, no. I love bringing joy to people. It's one of the things that lights me up more than anything else in the world. I love caring for the people in my inner circle and taking care of them and doing things for them that are nurturing and nourishing. I, it brings me great joy. It's not coming from an unhealthy place. However, in order for me to do that, I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely have to be taking care of myself first. So in the midst of all that, you're managing your own self-care and your own health care. I also had started grad school. Uh, <laughs> Just sprinkle right. a little grad school in there. I love it, right? I mean, and yeah, you, so right? I, I talk about kick-ass can-do women who live with chronic illness, right? We are like, yeah, no, I'm not letting illness define me. I'm going to grad school. Oh, no. I am absolutely going to live my epic life. Let's do this. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And so I, um, basically his car accident was in June, which was the end of my first year of grad school. So I basically spent a lot of that summer getting him to the right neurologists, getting his TBI recognized because that's one of the really big issues, especially if it's from an accident. So if you are injured enough that you go to the emergency room, they almost never record a possible brain injury unless it's something that shows up on a scan. And let me tell you, there's a lot of damage with brain injuries that do not show up on scans that can be permanent. So like the first thing is if there's a possibility of you or someone you love having a brain injury, and like signs of brain injuries are things like headaches, di headache, dizziness, confusion. It's initially called a concussion in those cases. Um, but if it lasts a certain amount of time, the impacts, 
it goes into post-concussive disorder, which is considered a, a traumatic brain injury. For brain injuries especially, it's really important to see a neurologist who is familiar with brain injuries relatively soon, especially, again, if it's like a car accident or something else where there's a potential for a claim or a lawsuit, make sure you've got the proof that it happened as soon as possible so that you can say, no, this is real because brain injuries are often hard to document and hard to prove. Well, unfortunately, and it is hard to document and oftentimes takes a long time for people to prove yeah. a lot of our chronic conditions. The average person for my condition, it takes them 10 to 12 years to get properly diagnosed, right? And I wasn't properly diagnosed until I was 40. And I had only really begun my diagnostic journey about six years prior to that. And I was considered a success story because I finally, I worked my way through all the doctors to finally find my way to a doctor that could properly diagnose my situation. And that's a success story that it took six years. And I don't mean to pivot so sharply, but I am. You did a talk last night in your Facebook group, which we'll share about a little bit at the end so people can find you about finding Dr. Wright. And I just love that topic. Can you, can you give us like a short little summary of some of your nuggets from last night? Sure. Um, yeah, the finding Dr. Wright is, was really focused in on why it's so important to find the right doctor instead of just seeing a doctor. Um, and some of it's personality and how your relationship with your doctor is an intimate one. And I'm actually gonna do a talk next month specifically about that intimacy and uh, actually being at the appointment and evaluating your doctor in that moment. Awesome. This talk this month was about that hunt and the search and how to find them in the first place. Which is such an interesting topic because, you know, I think about some of my doctors who, and I've worked really hard to build a team that I respect and fits my variety of needs, both clinically and emotionally and spiritually. You, you do have to give them some guidance on what you need and how to help you. Yeah. But the first part is finding a doctor who's even capable of finding what's going on. Sure. That's that key beginning point. Right. And so part of what I talked about was um, health insurance and how that impacts your decision-making process, um, including not having it. Um, and kind of dug into the whole, where do you look? And one of the big things is very often there are, if you have a, a diagnosis or a potential diagnosis, there's a lot of communities online uh, both nonprofit organizations focused on condition, as well as um, discussion groups on Facebook and other places. And that's where you're most likely to get the skinny on, on doctors who really understand that condition. And that's where you're going to get some of the more useful information about the doctor. So I'm a really, I'm really a big fan of going onto those sites and seeing what information they have. Nonprofits themselves generally do not endorse specific doctors, but there often are doctors that they choose to interview or they choose to have do talks. Sure. 
So those are the experts. Also, um, a lot of those discussions, a, a lot of times they'll gather patient information. So like my condition FND, there's actually a, um, a map that shows where doctors that other FND patients say are good and are FND aware. Nice. Um, so that you can go there and see if you can find anybody near you to see. And it's not just neurologists, which are the primary treatment option, but also some people say, you know, this chiropractor really seemed to get it, or that, you know, my primary care physician really seemed to get it, things like that. So it's not just neurologists, but it's primarily, you know, so it's one of those, it's well worth digging into it if you have um, a diagnosis or if you have a like, couple of probable diagnoses because the other thing to me that's really important is see the expert so that they can definitively say yes or no if you see someone who's a good generalist they can give you a lot of maybes and probablys but they can't say definitively absolutely you have this condition or you absolutely do not have this condition until you see the specialist so that leads me to my next question, which is a thing that I hear a lot. Maybe you have tactical, but also an emotional, and I'm talking about doctor fatigue, right? Mm. So I hear the keep going until you find that specialist who can tell you you absolutely do or absolutely don't have this particular mm. condition. I come across so many women who are just like, I can't. I can't I can't go to one more doctor. I can't fill out that new patient paperwork one more time, right? So there's there's a logistical tactical piece, but then there's also the mindset emotional piece. So let's start there. If you were to encourage a woman to just keep going, where would you start? Well, the key to the just keep going is your goal is to see as few doctors as possible while being in the best possible health. Hmm. So the point of it isn't to keep going forever on this doctor shopping journey. Mm -hmm. The point is to find the best option you have right now and to do that with all of your specialties mm -hmm. and all the things you need. So it's not pick a random doctor and see them. It's do your research first and really dig into your possibilities, knock out the bad options. Another piece of my talk is about avoiding Dr. Wrong, mm -hmm. um, which includes things like looking at the medical, um, the medical board information about if they've had malpractice lawsuits and things like that, so that you make sure that the doctor that you see really is your best possible option. And if they're really your best possible option, they should be able to get you moving forward in your treatment process. And then you don't need to see another doctor in that specialty for a good while. Then you don't need to keep searching. You got the doctor that works. Um, I also tend to say only look for one um, type of specialist at a time. If you are really unhappy with your primary care physician, okay, your job is to find a new primary care physician. Don't worry about your specialists. Keep the specialists you got. Think about that later. 
just focus in on finding your new primary care physician. One at a time. Yeah. One at a that. time. And yeah. the other piece of that is do the thing that's the biggest bang for your buck. What is the worst doctor who's having the most negative impact on you? What doctor would really move you forward the most? Things like that. And just focus on that one doctor until you've got the one that works. That's some great, I, great tactical advice there on that one. And so that oh. leads me to the next question, mm -hmm. which is um, talk to me about information overload. It is a piece that I hear about consistently. I support women in my coaching about information overload. You know, there's so many Facebook groups and so many nonprofit mm -hmm. organizations and so many websites to try and find information on the quote unquote right doctor. Mm -hmm. So talk about information overload a little bit and how women can handle that. Okay, so the information overload aspect, don't bite off more than you can chew is the basic first piece of this. Don't look at every website ever everywhere. It's gonna just exhaust you, you're right. So what you do is you focus in on, again, that what's gonna give you the biggest bang for the buck, what's gonna be the biggest, the best piece of leverage. As an example, um, with functional neurological disorder, there's a nonprofit group that does the lion's share of, of the work around it. And they're an international group. It's called FND Hope. And so they're my primary resource. They have the largest amount of information available. They've got a lot of the information that I would need. And so if I was talking to a person who'd just been diagnosed with FND, it would be, okay, let's go over FND Hope's website. And you're going to find most of what you need there. And FND Hope also happens to run a Facebook group. So go to their Facebook group and use that to start. And right. you may get more information from people within that group, but at least you're starting there. And if you feel overwhelmed, you just kind of go back. That's your home base. Right. And I, it's such a great tactical and I would, you know, add on to that, the two pieces that I do in regards to primary immunodeficiency disorders or, mm -hmm. um, you know, but also invisible disease, that kind of thing. So create a Google Doc or a note on your computer or bookmarks or whatever is your technical electronic jam, whatever your comfort zone is, and literally copy and place those links to one place. So mm -hmm. I have a note in my, I'm on an Apple system. And so mm -hmm. I use the notes in Apple and I have one note that has five links and I am committed to not adding any more links to that page. So that when I am in total brain fog, exhaustion, overwhelm, but I know I need some connection. I know I need some hope. I know I need to talk to people who understand PI specifically to know that I'm not alone. I'm not thumbing through my computer. I'm not, oh, what was that? And where was that link again? And then I'm just getting pissy and cranky and tired, right? The other tool that I use when I'm going online for information is I set a timer. Not always, but I try and remember to set a timer. Okay, Shan, we're going to set a timer for 30 minutes. We're just going to do this for 30 minutes. Because mm -hmm. if I feel like I have to get all the answers right now, then I'm totally overwhelmed and I can't. Yeah. You're, you're never going to get all of the answers right now. But I what want you, them all right now. 
I hear that all the time. Oh yeah, but I that's know. not gonna help you. Only do, like I said, it's the don't bite off more than you can chew. Right. Get the information that you need about the problem you're managing right now. Mm-hmm. Or when you're having a good day, do some extra research so you can get a better overall picture. But if you're in a cog fog or an emergency kind of mindset, don't get yourself freaked out with all of the things that could possibly be happening. Focus in on the one thing you're worried about, get the information you need. And if you start to feel overwhelmed, that means you need to back off and give yourself a break. Hey, beautiful. What an incredibly perfect spot for a quick break. I'm super excited to tell you that I am opening three spots in my 30-day self-care starter program at a super discounted beta price of $287 for 30 days of one-on-one coaching. Here's the deal. If you feel like your chronic condition keeps you from living the life of your dreams, if there are dreams that you have that you've just sort of given up on or put them on the back burner or Do you get to the end of the day and you just feel like by the time you've taken care of the kids and your work and your partner and maybe you're taking care of your parents at this time or maybe you got a passel of fur babies, I don't know, but you get to the end of the day and you feel like there is never enough time or energy left for you or maybe you're just having a really hard time transitioning out of this crazy year and a half of coronavirus and re-engaging, reinvesting in these new routines and whatever the new norm looks like this is totally for you we take a quick dive into a self-care assessment create some actionable bite-sized plans and then i run alongside you for 30 days cheering you on making tweaks and adjustments so that this is really about you blasting through some old ideas and celebrating every opportunity we can along the way so if that sounds interesting to you email me at finallyeffinhappy at gmail.com I'll answer any and all of your questions, get you some more information, or shoot me a quick DM and we can connect and get the party started. So with all of that, let's get back to some of these juicy nuggets from Allison Hayes. I do view managing your condition as a job, and that's kind of how I I tend to put it. Uh, As an example, when, um, when somebody's applying for disability, that's their job. That is a investment in themselves and their future because they will eventually get their disability check. And so they're putting in work and effort to qualify for their check and to prove that they're eligible. And that's what their job is. And while they're waiting, they shouldn't be working because that could mess up the disability decision their job is to see doctors get care and try to improve their condition so they can prove to social security that that's what they're doing Mm -hmm. and they're trying to get better and that's part of the proving you're disabled and proving you're able to work so it's it's you know that's your job yeah taking care of yourself is your job you've got to put your own oxygen mask on first because you can't pour from an empty cup. So true. It's take care of you, (laughs) get yourself in a good place, get yourself stabilized, get yourself into your your groove of your new normal. And 
as you do that, see what else you can comfortably take on, but don't prioritize anybody else over yourself because you're just going to make yourself worse if you do that. Right. So on that information overload topic, the next question that sort of comes up for me is, so talk a little bit about living with uncertainty, living with the unknown, living with, I don't have all the answers because really there's not an answer. There's just a lot of unknowns. Even my doctors tell me there's so much we don't know about the immune system, Shannon, and here's what we do know. And here's Mm -hmm. what we can monitor and manage. And quite frankly, here's what we can't. So A, how do you manage that? But B, how do you find that epic, joyful life that you talk about while living with that unknown? Well, a big, a big part of it is trying not to focus on it too much. Mm. Um, I, for me, uh, FND, in my case, it expresses as a movement disorder. Other people with FND have um, none of, basically it's any neurological symptom out there an FND patient can have. So some people with FND tend to have seizures. Some people with FND tend to have a really severe cog fog. Some people with FND tend to have um, limb weakness or paralysis. Um, Some people with FND have stroke-like symptoms where a part of their body or a part of their face, um, usually one side, isn't operating well or isn't working properly. Um, those are all FND symptoms. FND is um, a signaling issue where the part of the brain that acknowledges control over actions is damaged. And so your body is doing things that your brain told it to do, but you, your conscious self doesn't know that you sent the signal. Mm-hmm. Um, in my case, like I said, it's mostly movement symptoms. Like this is an example right now. My hand has gotten itself kind of stuck in this position. Mm-hmm. I can relax it, but that's mental effort uh, to do it. And I didn't say, hey, get stuck there. It just did it. And then I have to pause and get it back under control. Um, the thing is, a lot of people that have indeed develop new symptoms whenever there's um, a stress change in their life, positive or negative. And symptoms usually develop and respond to stress. One of my unknowns is what new symptom am I going to have? Right. Um, and, you know, I never know if it's going to be my leg or my hand or um, a symptom I developed uh, with my partner's second severe injury. He uh, shattered his acetabellum, and that's really why I created the blog. He shattered his acetabellum, which is the big, one of the biggest bones in your body, the hip joint bone. Mm-hmm. He didn't know why. And it took us a year to find out that he had uh, autoimmune pernicious anemia. Mm-hmm. And so I spent a year like really again, managing his medical care, but this time he was able to absorb what I was doing mm-hmm. and was really kind of in awe of my ability to, it's, you know, it's the knowing what to say and how to say it. So for me, the uncertainty part, don't borrow trouble, focus on where you are right now and what's going on with your body, your system and your mind right now. 
right. and manage that. Don't do too much research into what else could possibly go wrong. Right. Don't focus on that stuff. Um, if you want to have a little bit of an understanding, that's cool, but don't dwell on it. Don't go too deep in it. And if you're the kind of person who, if you have that information, you're going to do it, just don't get that information. It's um, what I say. Don't live in the wreckage of your future. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Like people can get so stressed out about something that a hasn't happened mm -hmm. and B, quite frankly may never happen. So given that we have such finite energy as Spoonies, right? Mm -hmm. I have to be very mindful about where I pick and choose to put my energy. And I don't want to put my energy towards something that hasn't happened and B, may never, ever happen. Exactly. Um, I can sure get myself into thinking it's happening. <laughs> oh, 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 no, absolutely. And, yeah. and um, you know, uh, actually people with FND are especially prone to the uh, placebo effect. Lots of really positive things around the placebo effect, but it can also be the other direction too. It, exactly. And so like one of the thing, you know, like all medications tend to have like lists of possible side effects. Mm -hmm. And my suggestion is if you are an anxious person, don't read about the possible side effects. Give it to somebody else who lives with you or who sees you regularly so that they can see if they observe those symptoms, but don't you sit there and read about it if it's going to stress you out. Right. And that's where, you know, I, this is where I think you and I are especially two peas in a pod. That's where sisterhood, that's where community, that's where taking time to nourish and nurture those relationships because you may or may not be living with someone. And quite frankly, sometimes people are living with someone they don't feel particularly safe with, or they don't want to share that list with or trust that person to be the point person for their care around mm -hmm. it. And so who are those people? And I do, I have a crew. I have a crew of about five girlfriends. Now it's taking me a long time to get mm -hmm. these five girlfriends that I can be completely raw with. And that is so much about what Finally F and Happy is about is don't do this alone. Don't do this. Oh, absolutely. Alone. Chronic illness is so isolating. And mm -hmm. so having those people that you can share those lists with to say, hey, can you, you know, can you just keep an eye on me for the next two weeks while I start this medication or whatever? Well, I will give myself these symptoms. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I will give myself these symptoms. Yeah. yeah. And, and so a lot of this is about that, like self-control that, you know, recognize your limits right. and your weaknesses and work around them. So, yeah. So that's a really, it's really important to me to just, what can you handle right now right. and work with that? And sure, you want to get better about it, whatever better is, but you can't be better about it right this second don't work on it don't try to do everything at once nothing will get done focus in on one maybe two things and do them with with medication especially if you're going to change medications only change one thing at a time because otherwise you're not going to know what's having the impact so you change one medication see how it impacts you, 
when you feel kind of stabilized with it or have decided you're not taking it, then maybe you try something else. You do not want to do everything at once because you're just going to confuse yourself. Doing a lot at once is overwhelming for all of us, for sure. So always. Yeah. So as you know, um, my community, Finally Up and Happy, they are a group of kick-ass can-do women, just like you and me, who live with chronic illness, but are not about to let illness define them or their life. Mm -hmm. um, they are incredibly resourceful, amazing, get-it-done kind of women. Mm -hmm. And so if you had one piece of advice, one piece of encouragement, what's that thing that you would share with them? You can do whatever you feel passionate about. Mm -hmm. um, it's like one of the things is it's all about where you choose to put your energy. Mm -hmm. And so to me, you pick the thing you really care about the most in the moment and throw yourself into that while maintaining your self-care and you can do that thing you can't do everything <laughs> but pick your priority and go with it you know i had a few years where my priority was grad school mm -hmm. and i did it uh right now my priority is um uh, my coaching and blogging awesome. and i'm doing it awesome and you just pick your thing and do it and you've got to be realistic about it but not in a bad way. There may be adaptations you need to make. There may be, you know, depending on what you're trying to do. But whatever you most want to do, never let your disability get in the way of living your dream. So whatever. true. So important. <laughs> it is so effing important. I love that. So tell me all the places where people can find you because everyone needs to go find you. So tell me where they can find you. All right, so my blog is Thriving While Disabled, www.thrivingwelldisabled.com. I mean, nice and simple. Mm -hmm. um, and that is my blog and um, also talks about the different coaching programs I have as well as uh, freebies available to folks. I have a Facebook page and a Facebook group, both also under the title of Thriving While Disabled. Twitter, my Twitter handle is Thriving While Disabled. It didn't let you fit the DN that happens nope. with Twitter. Keep it yeah, short. So keep it short. Yeah. So it's driving <laughs> W disabled. I also have a Pinterest page, which is Pinterest slash thriving while disabled. I have an Instagram, uh, which is thriving W disabled. All of those will be in the show notes mm -hmm. for everyone who's interested so they can find you. If you want to hear some more from Allison, join the Facebook group in particular because she does these free live presentations in the group that mm -hmm. are so worthwhile, packed with practical information. And that's where you can find her and those talks. So I'm going to be doing another talk in June. I also have uh, two different coaching programs. Awesome. Uh, one is specifically focused on the uh, managing social welfare. Right. So it's for people who are at any point in the social security disability kind of um, space. So I can help people with getting through the application process. I also offer I also offer help with people 
who are trying to work well on these pro programs. I can go over all the rules and regulations with them so that they can plan their business around those challenges. Um, and anything kind of in between. And then I also have a, a six month intensive program to help people with the whole managing your medical care. Nice. And so that program is basically meeting monthly for a long session to just go over what you're trying to manage and help you get to those next steps. And then I'm also available by email through the whole thing so that any questions, any, de any little details, I can check in with you on things you're working on, all of those kinds of things. Awesome. Um, because to me, one of the really big things with the medical care is, especially if you feel like you're in it alone, it's so nice to have another set of eyes, another brain looking at the challenges and um, making sense of it. So yeah. I think it's especially useful for people who are um, either newly diagnosed and feeling overwhelmed or who it's just never gelled right and they're feeling overwhelmed or for people who are considering doing um, a really major treatment. And so it's about helping people stay uh, focused and finding the one thing that's going to give the most leverage. <laughs> Right. Getting them through that step and then on to the next. People can find all of that on your website. Is there anything else about you, about your program, about your journey, your story, um, your business that I haven't asked about that you'd really like to share about before we wrap up? I think just that it's really been um, empowering for me to be able to show what I know to other people. And I believe every piece of material that I put out is going to empower the reader to take the next step, manage the thing, feel a little more confident as they go through it. Whatever you're struggling with, I probably have a post about it. If I don't, ask me and I can probably write one. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that is one of um, the blessings, if you will, of chronic illness. For me, I have really, you know, I am um, very much a heart-centered, spirit-centered, listen to that small, still voice kind of person. And I know that when I put anything, anything in that spiritual space, it can be put to good purpose. You are putting your experience to really good purpose. I offer... I do, I say, I offer my chronic illness, I offer my primary immunodeficiency to the universe to build with and to do with as you will. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll say, I offer this wave of depression to the universe to build with and to do with as you will. I'm offering this low energy day, or if I've had a um, unexpected infection or whatever it is. And mm -hmm. I find that when I can put it to good purpose, it's less stinging for me, if that mm -hmm. makes any sense. And I just love that place of if you're struggling with something in your chronic illness, Allison has probably written a blog post about it. And if she hasn't, <laughs> DM her, email her, poke her and say, hey, what about this? And 
see what brilliance and experience, because it is all about us sharing our experience, strength, and hope together. So Allison, I cannot thank you enough. It has been <laughs> such a treat to finally get to have some time. Our paths have crossed in a bunch of different places, but we really haven't had time to chat chat. I so appreciate you being a guest on Finally F and Happy. Here are a few takeaways from today. One, start where you are at and work from there. Two, online communities and websites specific to your diagnosis are a good place to start to gather information. Three, use a Google document or other form of electronic notes to write down two, three, or five go-to websites so that when you're in the middle of brain fog, you can quickly and clearly find those references. Four, social welfare programs like disability, SSI, SNAP benefits may be part of your health equation. And although there may be some embarrassment or shame about getting information, it's okay to ask for help. Five, treat managing your chronic illness like a job. Six, don't live in the wreckage of your future, getting anxious about things that have not happened or may never even happen. Seven, beyond your health management, pick one thing you really love and just do that one thing for right now. Eight, your goal is to see the fewest number of doctors possible while being in the best possible health for you. And nine, don't ever, ever let your chronic illness keep you from living the life of your dreams. Hey, beautiful, and thank you so much for listening to another episode of Finally F and Happy. I so deeply appreciate from the bottom of my heart that you are here. We have crossed the 1,200 download mark. I am so super excited and just appreciate from the very bottom of my heart that you are here. If you have heard something on today's episode that is helpful to you or helpful to a girlfriend, will you please, please do me a favor? Write a comment in Apple Podcast because that's how more women can find Finally F and Happy. Or even better yet, take a screenshot and share it on Instagram or Facebook and tag me. If you'd like to hang out with me some more, come join me over in my Facebook group. It's free. It's a private Facebook group. You can join it at bit.ly backslash Finally F and Happy group. You can follow me on Instagram at, you guessed it, Finally F and Happy. And if none of that is your jam, you can leave me a good old-fashioned voicemail at 860-385-1088. All this information is going to be in the show notes. But a quick reminder that I am opening three slots in my self-care starter program. It's a 30-day program, one-on-one coaching at a super beta price of $287. And this is for all of my kick-ass can-do sisters who have put their dreams on the back burner because they just feel like their chronic illness or chronic condition makes it impossible for them to live their biggest, most epic life. And when your self-care foundation is strong, everything is possible from there. I promise, if you want to tap into some more energy, get more done, blast through some of those limiting beliefs, and start to feel and enjoy the life of your dreams, come start with the 30-day self-care starter program at the beta price of $287. Email me at finallyfandhappy at gmail.com if you are interested or send me a DM and I'll get back to you answering any and all of your questions and we can get the party started. Until then, be well and be kind to you today.